The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to have you with us on the Paul Leslie Hour. Our special guest is Bertie Higgins. He is first and foremost a storyteller. He's mostly known as a singer and songwriter. He's also an actor, screenwriter, director, and producer. He is perhaps most known for the giant classic hit song Key Largo, which he wrote and recorded, but he is also known internationally for his quadruple platinum song Casablanca. Bertie Higgins is a prolific recording artist with well over two dozen studio albums. As a performing artist, he tours internationally, especially huge in China and other Asian countries. He'll be appearing in the major motion picture The Beach Bum, which is also going to be starring Jimmy Buffett, Matthew McConaughey, Isla Fisher, and others. It's a great pleasure to welcome a legend of the arts, Bertie Higgins. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for the call, Paul. Can you hear me okay? I sure can. It sounds great. Good. When I think of classic movies, it was not that long ago, I was watching Key Largo, and it made me uh-huh. think of the song. Yeah, well, that was one of my favorites. And I wrote that for my now wife. Uh, we used to spend a lot of time in the Keys. I'm I'm from Tarpon Springs, Florida, which is right next to Tampa Bay, and that's where I'm at this, this afternoon. And uh, we spent a lot of time in the Florida Keys and watching black and white films. Would you say classic movies have been a big influence on you? Yeah, because basically what I watch now on television is a ton of, ton of classic movies. Pro- provided I can find one in English and it's not in a foreign language. <laughs> what would you say your biggest well of inspiration is? Well, I don't know. I mean, my great-grandfather, four generations, is... John Wolfgang von Goethe, who wrote Faust, the German poet. And I assume my abilities with lyric comes from that inspiration. My wife has been a great inspiration. My mother and father were just average folks. And uh, I was just drawn toward uh, the entertainment industry when I was about 12 years old. And uh, here I am. In fact, I'll be in China in about a month and a half doing a charity benefit show in Hong Kong. Long airplane ride, but I'm going to do it. I do a lot of charity benefits. I just finished two, and I'm getting ready to do another one for my wife's best friend who's been diagnosed with breast cancer. In fact, she was operated on this morning. So we're going to help her out all we can. So lots going on right now. I mean, there's been an awful lot going on. I was knighted last year. I was inducted into the Florida Music Hall of Fame. Burt Reynolds gave me the award, and he's an old friend of mine, or was an old friend of mine, and I miss him. And uh, I've also just recently been inducted into the Florida Artist Hall of Fame, along with people like Ernest Hemingway. So I've got to go to Tallahassee, the state capitol, and receive that award. Uh, just a lot going on here all of a sudden. Wrapping up my 25th album, I was still working on my fifth movie and getting ready to do, we're thinking about shooting a television show, a reality show called Just Another Day in Paradise, Bertie Higgins Presents Florida. 
and we're going to cover the old times in Florida since I was born and I'm third generation Floridian. So here I am. I know that was an awful lot of information really <laughs> quickly, but that's what's been going on. A lot of stuff being inducted into these hall of fames in Florida. What does Florida mean to you? Well, I mean, home for one, Florida is a use state. People come in and spend a few months and leave it in pretty bad shape. So we're trying to preserve old Florida. There's just a lot of history here. And that appeals to me very much. Let's go all the way back to the Spaniards. And uh, just the whole place is interesting. Every place you go, it's all got a history. All the way back to the Seminole Indians and the Muscogee Indians and all, all of that. A lot of your songs just have this incredible poetry to them, and a lot of them very, very romantic. Have you always been a romantic person? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, if you don't tear up at a song, there's something wrong, provided it's the right song. And uh, romantic ballads, love ballads, not commercially written specifically, but just stuff like the Ronstadt, or you can take Gordon Lightfoot, to me, is a fine lyricist. And I, his singles don't appeal to me, but the album cuts really touch me. There's some great stuff on there. And he happens to be a good friend of mine right now. So Gordon's a good guy, and I'm just one heck of a lyric writer. So all you guys out there listening, remember the two words, Gordon Lightfoot, because he'll touch your heart. And I think the finest vocalist out there is Julio Iglesias. I mean, the guy sings with such passion and heart. I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but there's another tangent for you. Well, I love Julio Iglesias, and I have to agree with you. I think Lightfoot is just amazing songwriter. Now, speaking of, of Lightfoot, tell us about maybe a couple other songwriters who have been a, a big influence on you. Well, of course... I think Buffett's a good songwriter, Jimmy Buffett, even though I don't like his tongue in cheek stuff, but there's stuff like, uh, that he's done like, uh, some particular Harbor or your loves, uh, or almost by Buffett touches me. Well, songs he didn't write that he does by the writers like, uh, Steve Goodman and guys like that. They've all been an inspiration. And Cat Stevens has been an inspiration over the years. I mean, these are guys I still listen to. Because I don't listen to a lot of music. Uh, when I need to be inspired to work on something, I'll go put a Lightfoot album on or something and listen to some of that. But I'm funny about songwriting. I'm, it may take a year to develop an idea that I've had for a year, and finally I'll sit down and out, and out it'll come. It also has to do a lot with my environment, where I'm at, what's been going on. And I've written a lot, a lot of songs for my wife. You were just mentioning Steve Goodman. Uh, a moment ago, and I have to say, I think that your interpretation of California Promises is just an absolutely breathtaking version. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm glad you're listening to some of my stuff. I thought California Promises has a great romantic, sad touch to it. Uh, the first guy I heard did it was do it was Jimmy Buffett, and we went to the studio in Nashville, and I cut my own version of it. So there, that is. Those have been my inspirations. But as I said, I don't listen to a lot of music anymore because I think the great American songbook is pretty much gone. 
of the great writers. And what's on the radio now is a little misleading to me. I, I don't appreciate a lot of it. Every now and then, though, something will pop up that really, that'll touch me. But it's rare, very rare. Something that I've listened to a few times in preparing for this interview, which I thought was very interesting, and also it said a lot about your the vastness of what you can do. I'm talking about your take on the Beethoven classic, Song of Joy. And I'm wondering, what do you think about classical music? Oh, well, that's what I kind of grew up on. Uh, even though I was a rock and roll drummer in the beginning, yes, yeah, Song of Joy has always been a favorite of mine. It's just a great piece of work. So I had to I had to take a shot at it. I really had to take a shot at it. Every now and then I'll do a cover song it just I had to do because I felt that uh, it's something I could interpret okay. Like Roy Orbison was a good friend of mine and we did Leah together. And that was in a cold studio one night in uh, Nashville. But every now and then I'll, something will hit me. I know the Bellamy Brothers and I just did a thing called Crossing the Bar, which, by the way, won Best Acoustic Single amazing but those guys are dear friends in fact i just did their television show they have called honky tonk ranch that was about two three weeks ago not far from where i'm living right over here in darby florida and uh the song was chosen as best folk song which i guess i'm a folky man you know i've always been drawn toward that simplistic approach to music of course my producers uh embellished a lot of my work or over over embellished it but anymore i'm handling my own production so i will do songs there's a song called the girl there's only two guitars a bass and that's it no in a mandolin that's simple crossing the bar was done very simply everything acoustic upright bass and all that so i guess in my heart i'm a folky i like things pretty simple but of course before i ever hit with key largo i did bars around florida as a single acoustic guitar guy and uh, gained quite a following in Florida. Then I moved to Atlanta and focused for 18 months on just songwriting. I didn't drink, I didn't do anything. And after being there 18 months, I had the number one key Largo, which was tough to get it to go where it went in the charts. But we were playing a honky tonk. I had a little band and we were playing a honky tonk in Augusta, Georgia. I called it a knife and gun club because when we moved the gear in on Monday, there was still blood on the dance floor from the night before. And I just written Key Largo. We had to do that song six or seven times a night. So I figured, you know, I may after writing, you know, at that time, 150 songs, I might've written one. So I borrowed $700 from my mother, took my road band, my bar band in the studio and cut it. And, uh, way it went so it, it was tough to get it to where it went though we lost the bullet and billboard it when it was number 72 in the hot hundred so but i don't know man i've always kind of been a i suppose a romantic but a renaissance man because i'm pretty simple in my approach to how i do it to me the lyric is very important and the melody has got to embellish the lyric it's got to have a certain it's got to touch people and I've written now about 250 songs, and uh, my whole intent in writing is to touch as many people in the world as I can. Of course, the China thing was pretty unusual, and that started in Japan and spread all over the 
Casablanca, I don't think was ever released in the United States, but it should have been the follow-up to Key Largo because it's a better song. Anybody who is an artist like yourself is going to have some adversity. What would you say the best way to handle adversity is? Well, if you don't mind your ass being whipped, and you can handle the critique, and Lord willing, you've got talent and persistence and desire to break through, then you will break through. But you, it, it, a lot depends on where you're living. I mean, you can't be living in Tarpon Springs, Florida, and expect a producer to walk in your bar. You're a hit, a hit act. I mean, I had to go to Atlanta to do it, which was painful for me because I didn't want to leave Florida. Just you've got, you got to have the God-given heart and desire to be able to put up with people who critique you and just make you sure you have the talent to get through. And a lot of people have that haven't had talent have broken through, but that was done with a lot of money and promotion, but by the record companies. I mean, as long as you can enjoy getting on a stage in front of people and touching them with music, that may be enough for you. It wasn't enough for me, but it may be enough for you. So just be persistent. Never accept the word. No, I mean, if I, I mean, if I could tell you the amount of times that artists have been turned down and ripped off and beat up that finally made it, it's only because they had persistence and desire to get there. Hmm. This is uh, really, really specific, but I thought this was very, very interesting because I'm just right now a stone's throw from Gainesville, Georgia. Is it true that Gainesville, Georgia a radio station there, was the very first place to play Key Largo? It holds the record of... WWID Gainesville, Georgia holds the record in Billboard of being the only FM station ever to play a, a song that went to number one. And that was Key Largo. Got a funny story about that if you want to hear it. Please do. <laughs> My wife and I weren't married at the time, and I knew WWID was playing Key Largo and I was living in Atlanta at the time, and she was, she was too. And she had a little apartment. And I set it up with the program director to at one o'clock on that Wednesday afternoon, would you please put Key Largo on? And he agreed. So I went and picked her up to go to lunch, and we're sitting there in the car with the radio. And if you hold your mouth just right and aim the car in the right direction, WWID is bleeding over into Atlanta. And all of a sudden, Key Largo comes on the radio at one o'clock. And about halfway through it, she says, is that you? I said, yep. And I said, I wrote this for you, babe. And we listened to the whole song. And I said, what do you think? She says, well, you sang a little flat on the, on the last chorus. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back in the studio and fixed it. So as it got to play on the radio, I could tell which version they were playing. They were playing either the single version well, the album version, because on the album version, I fixed that flat. But she was so cute, and we got back together and got married, and we have two children. And we've been back together now about 33 years. Incredible. But relationships have got to have a lot of desire to be with that person and a lot of patience. The only answer you ever give your woman is, yes, honey. Whatever <laughs> she asks you, it's yes, dear, or yes, honey. Because, you know, she she always wins out. And I'm stubborn sometimes. I won't listen to her. But at times, at times I do listen to her. She was spot on. Hmm. 
But I thought that was cute when she said, you sang flat on the last chorus. I went, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) There have been artists who, both in a recording studio and in performance, have recorded a Bertie Hicken song. And I'm curious to know, who has impressed you the most with an interpretation of one of your songs? Well... There's a jazz singer named Nancy Wilson. Did you ever hear of her? I have indeed, yes. Well, she cut a version of Casablanca that's just out of this world. Several years ago, but she just knocked me out. I mean, it's a whole different feel than what I did, but it had a real bluesy, uh, jazzy feeling to it. That was very interesting. So she probably tops tops the list. There's also Kleiderman, is it? Yeah. Who's got an instrumental version of Casablanca, or is it Key Largo? I don't remember, but it's really good. Is it Clav? Then it doesn't matter, but what I said first is correct. There have been versions of it. There are probably over two or three hundred versions of Casablanca in all languages, not just in the Oriental countries, but Russia and Greece and all kinds of places that have covered that song instrumentally or vocals and very interesting. I'm very flattered when someone will do that. It really amazes me. But oddly enough, after writing 250 songs, in fact, I'm working on two new ones right now for this new album project. It's kind of tough for me to get back in the mood. Writing is such a moodish thing. I, I, I just don't want to punch out something that I know is good but commercial. I want to punch out something that came from the heart, if you'll follow me on that. Hmm. Yeah. I'm petting, I'm petting my black kitty cat right now. His name is Pepper. <laughs> Come here, Pepper. You little, you little weirdo. Okay, I just finished Pepper. And he, he gets a little violent when you mess with him too much. <laughs> Are you an animal <laughs> lover? Yeah, I am to a certain extent. I mean, I've done a lot of charity events to preserve the animals in Florida, the seabirds, the Florida cougar. I'm an easy touch for a charity event. If I know the money's going where it's supposed to go. I just did a diabetes event about three weeks ago in China last year. We raised, I raised, well, I was the only act. So I guess it was me that raised over $700,000 for handicapped Chinese children. And I'll be back in there in a month and a half to raise more money for uh, mentally handicapped Chinese adults. So in fact, um, one of our dearest friends, Colleen Candinas, a Greek girl from Tarpon, my wife's best childhood friend, discovered she had breast cancer. She was operated on this morning. So we're doing a fundraiser for her. Hey, Bob, when's that fund- fundraiser for Colleen? Is that the 23rd of this month? Huh? Yes, the 23rd of this month. And my band's jumping in for nothing. We aren't. No one gets paid. We just do it to help. But it's all, my father always told me, you got to give some back, Bert. So I always tried to do that. Now, speaking of your father, I have heard that your mother is still with us. Yeah, she'll be 103 in May. Wow. In fact, I wrote a great song for my dad called The Old Man in the Sea. I think it's a great song. I mean, it really touched my heart when I wrote it because I wrote it for dad. My parents had a rough life. Daddy had a $100 a week job and seven children. And he lost uh, three boys are gone now and my sister, so it only leaves me and my other two sisters. And that broke his 
broke his heart. One was killed in the Vietnam War. One died in a car accident when I was only 13. And John recently died of cancer, and my sister Joan died of cancer. But Nana Banana, my mother sits there. She's in the nursing home right now. She fell and broke her hip about a year ago in her home out here in a little village called Ancloak, which was here before Tarpon Springs was here. And I said, that's it. So we put her in a little nursing home about a half a mile from her house. But she's a sweetheart. And how they got through that, do you have children? I don't know. Could you imagine what it would be to lose children? That just is all out of sync. It ain't right. Yeah. And I've got four of them, and I love them all dearly. And I, we left my two boys in L.A., in North Hollywood, in Glendale. They're both in the film business. I kind of put them in it. And uh, Julian's a director, and Aaron just joined the union as a set designer and prop designer. So they're doing great. In fact, I'll see them before I head to China here in a month and a half. I'll stop in L.A. for two or three days and spend some time with them. We are creating a new TV show. Have I talked about that? Yeah, you mentioned it, but I was hoping you could tell us a little more about it. Well, I mean, every state has its history, but Florida's really got a history. I'm trying to preserve as much of that history as possible. And uh, what inspired me is Howard and David Bellamy, the Bellamy brothers, are doing a TV show called Honky Tonk Ranch for the Cowboy Channel. And I went out there and shot it with them about three weeks ago out in their little ranch in Darby. It's a big ranch. And uh, I said, man, if these guys can do this, certainly I can do something. So we picked up the funding in a meeting this morning to shoot the first two segments. So we're going to have a go at this. And it's not going to be easy because I'm going to host this thing. And uh, we're going to talk to an old, we're going to start in a, a Tarpon's Kings, a Greek village, all sponge divers from Kalimos in Greece. And uh, I'm going to spend some time talking to those old timers and going to places that are still there that haven't been mowed down or something. It's a lot of good, good things. And then all over Florida, I mean, you go, you go down to it's Tampa, the Ybor city in the, in the Cuban section, you've got, uh, you've got Englewood, you've got Naples, you've got Fort Myers, you've got Sanibel Captiva. A lot of these islands were all pirate strongholds, just a lot to talk about. So we're going to have a go at that and see if, uh, if we can create a product that we could sell. Because there's a big demand out there for product with all of these cable channels. So we'll have, tr and we're going to try to have fun. Because I made a promise to myself it wasn't fun. I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> uh, so there it is. So we're going to try to have a lot of fun and shoot this thing. With all the work that you do with, with movies and, and on-screen work, script writing, things like that, you were mentioning early in the interview about your friendship with the late Burt Reynolds. And yeah, Burt and I became close over the years. What would you say was the biggest thing you learned from him? Well, he's a guy that inspired me to think, if it ain't fun, I won't do it. Because believe me, there's so much heartbreak in the entertainment industry, you got to really like, you got to really love what you're doing. And so if it isn't, you aren't having any fun, don't do it. And he was a, he's a Florida boy. He was actually, he grew up, I was a police chief of Rivera beach. And he's the one who said, daddy had a hundred, hundred dollar a week job, which I kind of stole from him. But Bert was just a sweet guy. I mean, he was full of love and did some, made some mistakes. When I was inducted into the Florida music hall of fame about six months ago, 
it was done at a hotel in Fort Lauderdale in their ballroom. And he drove over, had his driver bring him over from Jupiter, which is on the other coast, and presented me with a glass trophy, the award. And he's just a sweet guy. I met him. Where did I meet Bert? He was shooting a film in Atlanta called Sharky's Machine. And I was working on the demos for my first album, which included Key Largo. And his brother, Jim, who was a good friend of my doctor, was his transportation captain. He used to pick Bert up every morning in the, in Bert's uh, Silver Eagle tour bus that he was renting for the shoot and drive him to the set. And Jim loved my music, and he made him listen to these demo cassettes, which just me and a guitar, till it about drove him crazy. Then Bert put together a series called B.L. Stryker, the ABC Mystery Movie of the Week. And his secretary would call me and said, Bert wants to meet you down in Jupiter, Florida. He told me that you're the best songwriter that ever came out of Florida. And he wants to talk to you about doing some work musically for the B.L. Stryker series. So I met him down there at Barracuda Bob's or some restaurant. And we sat and talked for a few hours. And B.B. co-wrote a song together called Palm Beach. And then uh, I ran into him everywhere after that. I'll never forget, he had booked the Fox Theater in Atlanta. He was doing a week, an evening with Burt Reynolds where he had a lot of slides and film clips and stuff. Where he, the stage was decorated like his den. And it was just an evening of Burt talking about his career. And it was a great show. But he couldn't sell the Fox Theater out. So we had just, uh, I was, the governor had just claimed that, he had just claimed uh, one day, I can't remember what it was, it was Bertie Higgins Day in Atlanta. And I did a show that night at the center stage on West Peachtree. And we saw it was packed. It was sold out. And uh, Bert called me and said, man, can you help me find a venue to sell my, my show in Atlanta? So I called the owner of center stage and I said, look, you need to book Bert Reynolds in there for a couple nights. It was a thousand, maybe 1200 seater. And Bert sold out two nights from that time on. Uh, he did a show with Chattanooga at the Tivoli Theater, which was one of these antebellum theaters that they've restored from the 20s and 30s. And uh, I went in there with a friend of mine, and we were sitting there, it was packed out. And about halfway through the show, he came out of character and said, would, would you turn on the house lights? And the house lights came up, and he said, you guys must know the song Key Logger. And all of a sudden, I started slumping down in my chair. <laughs> and he said, Bertie Higgins, the writer and singer, sitting right there, Bertie, stand up and I stood up and there's a big wave of applause. But that's the kind of relationship that him and I had. Good guy. Good <laughs> guy. <laughs> Sweetheart. The kind of guy that you want to just hang out and have a beer with and laugh because he's that kind of guy, you know? Nice. Well, I'm hoping you can tell us about this film that's coming out soon called The Beach Bum. Matthew McConaughey. Well, the, the director called me, and this was only in the last six months. I said, hey, man, what's been... And he's the guy who directed uh, Spring Breakers and wrote it. And he said, listen, I'm doing a film with Matthew McConaughey called Beach Bum. We're shooting some in Miami and a lot of it in Key West. Would you come in and do your song, Key Largo? I really want you because I'm a big fan. So a good friend of mine owns a bunch of airplanes. She's a billionaire. She's got three jets and then she's got her twin engine king air and said listen why don't we jump on my king air and i'll go with you to key west so we went down there and i moved into the pier house where i love to stay when i go to key west 
And I got on the stage at the schooner bar with just my Martin guitar. And I was singing, I, I was singing acapella with just the guitar key Largo and up on the stage comes Matthew. And what a great guy he turned out to be sweet man. And he started singing it with me and he couldn't sing in a bucket. <laughs> and we got to laughing so hard. We couldn't hardly finish the song. Man, it was a riot. So it made the cutting room floor. It did go on the cutting room floor, and they decided that it would really work out. So I made friends with Matt, and uh, he's a sweet guy, a good actor, too. But we had a ball that night. We had a good time, and it's coming out. Jimmy Buffett's in that film, too, along with Snoop Dogg. Matt's playing a poet, a hippie poet, living in Key West and smokes pot, and it's a, it's a riot. The whole thing's really funny. I'm going to be looking forward to that. <laughs> Comes out in April, I believe, this spring, so look for it. Well, you were just mentioning uh, this humorous duet with Matthew McConaughey, but who would you like to sing a duet with? Just anybody. Well, if it's a female, it would have been Linda Ronstadt, but now she can't sing. She got Parkinson's disease, but God, I did a couple shows with her. And what a sweet person she was. Ronstadt would have been my first choice. What a voice. What heart. Oh, my God. No just doubt. A wonderful, wonderful. And, a, and a, just a great person. Marie Osmond's a great person. Just well-raised. I was doing a lot of national television net, network with her. I did the National Now show with Ralph Emery 50 times. And I, I don't consider myself a country singer. I can't figure that one out either. <laughs> there's, there's been some great things that have happened. I met a lot of great people and some boneheads, too. There's some boneheads out there. Don't kid yourself. But the majority of the people, I was doing this show one time at Atlanta Raceway in Atlanta with Linda Ronstadt, Linda Ronstadt, Willie Nelson, David Allen Coe. Who else was on that darn show? Oh, I forgot, but... I'm sitting backstage tuning my guitar, get ready to go in, and Willie Nelson walks up, looks down and pats me on the top of my head and says, Bertie, I love your work, and kept on walking. Nice. Stuff like that really touches me, man. How kind can you be? Wow. It's a great show. Are there any dreams that you have that have not been fulfilled? Well, the movie thing. I started, I started I've made five movies now produced all in the, and directed one and produced it. That was, they're really a challenge. I mean, 25 albums is a walk in the park. One film will put you in the dirt. I guarantee you, it'll bury you. They're very difficult to do. And you're dealing with a lot of people. You're dealing with 35 crew people, maybe 35 cast, but I'd like to make a hit movie. I really would. That's one thing I would really like to do. And I want to, I want to go to Greece I want to do that. I want to go to Russia. Now, my eldest son is Damien. He's one of the top rave DJs in the world. In fact, in the last few months, he's been to Moscow, Budapest, Cape Town, Beijing, L.A. He's everywhere. And I didn't help him out a bit. He did it on his own, man. He didn't even use my name, which really pleases me. He did it the hard way. Not sure I could have helped, but if I could have helped him, I could have stepped in and made but I like to make a hit movie, a hit movie. I think that would be the cream of the crop. I've owned two or three restaurant bars, one in Key Largo. I've gone through that route. Very interesting, very difficult, not easy. 
Buffett's making a lot of money. He made $40 million last year. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> but he's got his, he's got his, he's got his, uh, tires now from food to beer to, of course, Margarita bills around the world. He's done well, done real well. He told me, he said he had nothing to do with the parrot heads that just happened. And he said at one point he, he couldn't seem to get a hit and he was going to quit the business living in Nashville. And then he finally cut come Monday, but Jimmy turned out to be a good friend, good guy. What is the best thing about being Bertie Higgins? <laughs> I don't know. I saw somebody with a t-shirt that says I'm Bertie Higgins and you're not. I went, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. The Lord gifted me as a, as a writer and an artist and touching people's lives. I mean, I'm, I, I was a millionaire once or twice and threw all that away. Right, right now I'm, I'm doing okay financially. I'm uh, living well. I have a nice triplex. I'm in a tri-level townhouse in Tarpon. I just spent the last 14 years in Burbank, California. And man, that, if you've ever lived in the LA area, you better go down the bank because it's expensive to live there. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. But I, I like the lifestyle. I was in business meetings all the time or going to breakfast with guys in the film business or in the music business. And I made a lot of friends, but my wife wanted to come home to Tarpon. So I said, okay. When I got here, I almost had a nervous breakdown because the lifestyle is just so different, you know? Mm. When you realize you don't have much in common with anyone in your hometown because no one's ever gone through what you've gone through. Mm. But there's a lot coming at me. A lot I've got to do. Uh, last year was a great year with the knighthood. Oh, and I also got a PhD, doctorate in music from Hanover University in Hanover, Germany. So people are starting to recognize what I've done as a writer and an artist. And that pleases me to no end. To no end. Well, for anyone out there who's listening, this is just totally open-ended. But what would you say to anybody who's tuned in? I don't know. I love all you guys. I mean, I love the fact that you bother to listen to the music. And uh, look at my movies every now and then. But the most important thing, you're listening to my music. And uh, I don't know, man. The toughest thing about the music business is keeping the label interested in you. So they keep money promoting you. But I will tell you that I love you all. And don't ever say never. Don't ever quit. No means maybe. And maybe means yes. Don't ever forget that. I like that. I mean, if you're burning to make a, make your mark, keep burning and keep punching on the wall because eventually it'll fall down. And it'll happen to the least time as you expect it. But if you're trying to do the entertainment business, get out of your little hometown and go to New York, L.A., Nashville. Because that's where the talent is at. And believe me, it's loaded. So keep listening and don't ever give up. Don't ever say no. Don't ever say I, I quit. I mean, I couldn't stand to go work at, every, at work at something every day. I literally hate it. Could you? No. <laughs> it's not a good nope. way to go. Because it takes a lot of effort to do what you really love, especially if it's in a little industry like the entertainment industry, which, by the way, is pretty small. There it is. I like it. Everybody out there, they can visit birdiehiggins.com. Everything's right there. Mr. Higgins, thank you very much for making the time to do this. 
it was my pleasure, man, and I, I know I ran my mouth a lot, but I had a lot of to say to the world. I was very entertained. I enjoyed it very much. Well, man, I'm glad. That's my job is to entertain, I guess, but it's all too much talk about me. I didn't even talk about you. How are things going with you, okay? <laughs> things are going well. It's really thrilling to do this interview. You know, I'm I'm a child of the 80s, but, I mean, your music has just, it's like it's in my DNA almost, you know? <laughs> that's pretty scary, man. It's wild. That's pretty That's pretty scary. My label wants me to write a song called Let's Sail Back to Key Largo. And I've been working on devices. I hate to rip my own self off, but I'll take <laughs> a shot. You know, it's been an interesting run. I've really had a great time. And when I think back on the things I've done around the world and where I've been, I'm in some great places and not so great places. I think the worst of it was my Saudi Arabia tour. That's a real strange place, man. I'm going, why do people live here? I don't get it. Interesting. <laughs> There's no grass or trees. It's just all sand. But I guess they're making money in the oil industry, so what can I say about that? <laughs> well, God bless you, and thanks for calling me and putting me on the, on the air. Oh, my pleasure. All right, sir. At any rate, you guys that are out there listening, God bless each and every one of you. Keep your chins up. I know things are pretty weird in the United States. United States, don't forget that. Huh. That's what we are. I don't talk politics much at all, even though I'm a Donald Trump fan. I think he kind of waded into a, a storm and a lot of problems that he's smart enough to get through it, hopefully. Well, listen, my friend, friend, God bless you for having me on the air. And if you ever need me for anything, give me a shout, okay? Will do. And if you guys ever have a chance, come to Tarpon Springs. What a great little village. It's like living in Europe. It's really beautiful. I would love to visit there sometime. Well, come to Tarpon. Give me a call, man. I'll take you out and get you some of the best Greek food you've ever had. Wonderful stuff. There's great restaurants. And mom and pop surely know what they're cooking. Okay. That sounds good to me. Okay, my friend, God bless you and take care, okay? All right, God bless. Bop, bop, dealy, bop, bop, ba-doop, bop, zip, bock, a doodly, not bock, suki, chacha, kook, a boz, a look, a boz, a neck, a pork, a kid, a goat, a rump, a doodly, zan, ba-dum, a dag, a party, gay, yeah, a zika, bock, a book, a long, gong, doodly, boo, goodbye.